Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you, play football. Coming down from the gallows and I don't have Welcome to the Steelers extravaganza known as the Hangover. You're with your good friends, Tony Deppio and myself, Brian Anthony Davis from Behind the Steel Curtain. Now, today's date, if you're listening now and live, it is June 24th when this uh, show is being recorded. And that means that we are one month and one day away from the start of Steeler training camp at St. Vincent College. Oh, 
It's happening, Tony. It's happening, my friend. Hi, hi, uh, hi, Brian. Happy Monday. Uh, I know. I can't believe it. It seems like only yesterday I was out on the ledge after the uh, Browns couldn't get it done against the Ravens, and here we are, one month before the start of training camp. It's incredible how fast this all went. So happy to join you again, yeah. as always. And you weren't feeling that good that day as well. I remember because we went afterwards and you were just feeling miserable and you were dealing with that. And I live in Maryland. I was dealing with that. So, um, yeah, it's here. We're feeling good. We've uh, we've gone through the storm that was Antonio Brown and uh, to a lesser extent Le'Veon Bell, which we just knew that was happening. And uh, we see light at the, light at the head of the tunnel. And, uh, at the end of the tunnel, excuse me, as I'm screwing up my cliches, and uh, just feeling like uh, this is a new team um, with a new attitude. Cue Patty LaBelle from Beverly Hills Cop. You remember that song, Tony? I sure do. I'm feeling good from my head to my shoes. I've got a new attitude. Woo! Okay, that's uh, <laughs> that's to uh, draw in a few more listeners. I'm I'm hoping. Um, Anyways, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is our sponsor for the show. It's uh, heard on all BTSC platforms for The Hangover, so check that out. Also check out podcasts uh, nearly daily. Uh, Jeff Hartman has them. Uh, Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman, and myself, Jeff and uh, Lance, um, Lance Williams. Uh, Lance does a great one on his own solo it's called Yeah, I Said It. If you've never checked that one out, it is really good. Um, always stuff in the works. There's always stuff for us to do. Um, it, it's kind of underrated. And not a lot of people realize that uh, how good these shows are, especially, like I said, like Lance. I think he's so underrated on how good he is. And that leads me, Tony, the perfect segue. Let's talk about underrated Steelers. You look at the 2019 roster, and you know who the stars are, right? You know Ben Roethlisberger is a star. You know that Juju Smith-Schuster is definitely a star. You know that James Conner, you know that uh, Marquise Pouncey, you know that Cam Hayward, they're stars. Um, so you know who those guys are. Joe Hayden's a star. Who are the guys on this team that you feel are the most underrated? And there's a few of them. Well, I always uh, feel that Vince Williams, the uh, inside linebacker, is underrated. And for a six-round pick, he you know became a starter. And now you know he's more he's one of the better personalities on the team, one of the more charismatic guys on the team now. But people just for the work he does on the field. I mean, it, it, it's hard to get him out of the lineup. So he's definitely, he's definitely uh, somebody that I've Okay, you cut out there a little bit, Tony, so I'll go ahead and jump back in. Um, a guy that I feel is completely underrated, and I'm going to throw in uh, – I have two here, and one I'm sure we're both going to agree, so we'll talk about him first. Um, someone we talked to just two weeks back on this show, um, my choice for my next jersey is Rosie Nix. I think he is completely underrated. Um, sure, he has a Pro Bowl. So that kind of uh, – he wasn't elected to the Pro Bowl. He 
he came in uh, via the injury route, but he's a pro bowler nonetheless. You cannot take that away from him whatsoever. Um, I think uh, Rosie Nix is a very underrated player when you look around the league. Um, one of the most underrated players on this team is a guy that's been there a long, long time, and he's a guy that I absolutely love. One of my favorite Steelers um, is number 73, Ramon Foster, Tony. And for me, Ramon is the epitome of being underrated. When you're on a line with pro bowlers like Alejandro Villanueva, David DeCastro, and Marquise Pouncey, and you've been there longer than than uh, any of them, really, at that point, because I believe he came in in 2009, and so he was there a year ahead of Pouncey. And so this guy is a uh, a vocal superhero for this team. He's the one – he's their player rep. He's the one that speaks for them. Um, he – he was very vocal during the whole Le'Veon Bell situation last year. He has a show on the fan as well as uh, Ben Roethlisberger um, on Tuesdays. He is a very well-spoken man, but he's a hero of that team, and he never really lets them down. I love Ramon Foster, and I think when I think of underrated, that's him. I, I'm glad I'm – Glad you spoke so glowingly of, of Ramon because I've always been a big fan. I mean, here's a guy who came in, as you said, the 2009 undrafted free agent. He came in when when the offensive line was basically, in, in many ways, the worst unit. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it was a year before uh, Pouncey and those guys started arriving, before they started really putting an emphasis on bringing high draft picks in to address that unit. And he survived all that, and he's been a consistent starter since 2011. He started, I think, 14 games or more every year since then. And, you know, he's just a model of consistency. He's a team leader. I mean, people talk about the, the Facebook Live thing. Well, people don't mention uh, much as well. When the team, when, when, when Mr. Big Chest was, was doing his, his thing in the corner of the, uh, in the, of the locker room, it was Ramon. He was – he was addressing the team, telling them all, you know, how they should behave and how they should comport themselves. And, you know, here's, a, like I said, a, a, an undrafted free agent, and he's a, a leader of the team, and he's a, he's a model citizen, union rep, everything. Just a great guy, and I'm, just, I'm so glad that you mentioned him because he's always been one of my favorite players. And here's how much the Steelers value him. His contract was up, in fact. Um, when he was talking about the Le'Veon situation, Le'Veon situation when uh, Bell did not show up at the beginning of last season, he was like, look, we're here. I want that ring, okay? I want that parade for Pittsburgh. I want that parade for me. That's what we're playing for. You come in here. We can do it. Just get in here. And he was speaking for the whole team. And that's that's really what I love, but he backs it up when he's on the field and he plays so well. His contract was up. He didn't think he was going to get another chance with this team after last season, and now he's, now he's back. They brought him back, and I love that they did. Um, so Ramon Foster is, for me, the most underrated player on this team. There's some other guys you could look at, Tony. You could look at um, a guy like Sean Davis, who's going into his contract year. 
Um, but that might be a controversial pick because a lot of people don't think Sean Davis is is as good as uh, I do. You know, I I mean that's that's a guy that you could look at as an underrated player. I mean, but elsewhere on this team, the only other guy I think you know could fit that category would be Jay Wobble, um, our yeah, good friend good Javon Hargrave. Um, I th- I think he's underrated as well. Um, here's a guy that that uh, came didn't come after uh, Casey Hampton. He came after Steve McClendon, and Steve McClendon did a very he was an undersized guy that held down that position very well. And uh, they didn't bring him back, and he went to the Jets and played very well for the Jets the first year, and actually he's still playing well. Um, He's not a superstar. He's a solid player. But Hargrave, you know, each week he seems to get better. And he, But he's not a guy, when you're looking at the list of superstars on that team, you're not going to think of number 79, Javon Hargrave. So that leads me to go back in the DeLorean. Let's jump in. Let's, uh, let's put the uh, time circuits to, let's say, 19, let's go 1978. Let's go 1979, Tony. Let's go 40 years back. Let's look at that 1979 team. I mean, we could take 10, 15 minutes listing the greats on that team. I mean, there's 9 to 11 pro bowlers on that team. Um, You know, when you're talking about the Websters, the Bradshaws, the Swans, the Stalwarts, um, on the defensive side of the the ball, oh Franco, excuse me. Um, then on the defensive side of the ball, you're looking at guys like Green and Greenwood was not underrated to me. I know he's not in the Pro Bowl, but he as the pro in the Hall of Fame, but he was a perennial Pro Bowler. Um, Lambert and Ham and Shell and Blunt and even Wagner. The the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and I can't consider Mike Wagner underrated. I know he's not a big name, but he was in eight or nine Pro Bowls himself. He was selected that many times, so you really can't count him. But there were some guys on that team that I cons- I, I thought were so underrated. And when I look at that team, I think of Ramon Foster now, and I think of that team, the offensive line, there was one huge star on the offensive line, and we talked about it. It was Mike Webster. But who else on that offensive line wasn't underrated? Exactly. Look at the yeah. left tackle. Look at it. Do you remember the left tackle, number 55? Uh, was it was it Larry Brown, the converted tight end, or is that John Kolb? Uh, John Kolb, and then I was going to Larry Brown next. Who, good job. Converted tight end. And um, – so uh, John Cole wore number 55. He was the left tackle. And uh, Larry Brown finally got his Pro Bowl appearance in 1983 after all those years. But, yes, he was a tight end and caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. He caught the first Steeler touchdown pass in a Super Bowl it, against, the, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. He wasn't the – the first point scored because the first point scored were on a safety by uh, Dwight White, who was in the hospital that week, um, lost 20 pounds and had no business. If this was 
2019, he would have not been playing whatsoever. Lost 20 pounds, came in, and and uh, dominated in that game. Um, but, you know, Larry Brown had a touchdown in that, that game, and he went ahead and uh, a couple years later converted to left tackle, a uh, right tackle, and he played so well for that team. He was just – he was a champion on that team, um, especially even going into the 80s. He, he held down that part of the line, and he – he was such a good player, but nobody remembers him. Unfortunately, you know the Larry Brown that everybody remembers. Yeah, Tony, who's, who's that? Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah, the one he, that uh, he wore number twenty four. Yeah, Super Bowl thirty. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no one will ever forget that Larry Brown. But we had a Larry Brown, and he was absolutely special. Um, John Kolb was too. John Kolb was was a, a really special player. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was from Arizona State. I could be – or Oklahoma State, excuse me. That's something I would probably have to look up. Um, probably Oklahoma State, but – and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But he was he was so crucial to Bradshaw's success as well. And uh, – Here's a guy that was in World's Strongest Man contests. And um, he was from Oklahoma State University. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Craig Wolfley did those strongman contests as well. Um, but this guy was – he was only 6'2". He wasn't that huge, but he was just put together. And and he could he could really – he can really take it to players. And if you notice that I'm stuttering right now, and I just saw something startling um, that's uh, startlingly special to me. I, I just looked him up to see where he went to school, uh, which was Oklahoma State. And I knew he was, uh, he was uh, born in the late 40s. I figured he was my dad's age. Here – we talked in length about my dad last week, right? Of course. Born on the Father's Day. Born on the very same day. Same exact yeah. day. I uh, can't wait to get off the show and call my dad. Um, hmm. That's uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Okay, now I like him even more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what? There were other, there were other great players on that line. Sam Davis, number 57, was so good. Then you had guys like Ted Peterson, Ray Penny. They were fantastic, and they weren't stars, but you could just you could bring them in. Gordon Gravel was another one. Gravel was a, a really good player. And here's another one that you don't think of as a superstar, but was so important to Bradshaw on that line, Jerry Moon Mullen. There's another guy. I mean, you just – these guys, they had so many underrated players on that team, but if they weren't there, they don't have the success. These were perfect Pittsburgh Steelers because they were blue-collar guys. There's more, and we'll go into more. Um, we talked about how Larry Brown was a tight end, and he made way for two more tight ends that I thought were very underrated. When you talk about 
the great Steeler tight end, um, you're talking more about Heath Miller. Heath Miller is going to be number one on that list. Um, you might be talking Mike Malarkey, Mark Bruner, guys like that. Um, but really, you think of Benny Cunningham as a very underrated player. And just yeah, as underrated he, as Benny Cunningham. Go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, he was a he was a first round pick in I think '76, but he kind of got lost in the shuffle there. And, and the, you know, with all those stars you just mentioned, yeah, but he was a he he had some big catches for them. And 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 the guy you're going to mention next is probably even more underrated. Yeah, I'll let, you don't know who I'm going to mention, so I'll let you do it. Go ahead. Uh, oh, Randy Gregson, uh, number eighty four. A guy would probably be a uh, he had the, the body of a wide receiver, set <laughs> in a tight end. And he had, I got to tell you, I, and I met Randy uh, a couple years ago. Um, really super nice guy, and uh, he had one of the great white man's afros that I've ever seen. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that hair that he had? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've seen the highlights. Yeah, it, it, it's something, uh, uh, especially back in the day in the seventies. Yeah, it was it was perfect. That thing was awesome, and and there's there's nothing insensitive about that comment. Um, I will back that up right now. Um, but he had some great hair. That was some high stuff. Um, it reminded me of Fletch. <laughs> uh, when he was playing for the Lakers. <laughs> that yeah, that's good. Huge. That's a good reference. <laughs> that's my fantasy football team next year, Randy Randy Grossman's fro. Um, <laughs> all right, now, now I'm just amusing myself at this point. But thanks, Tony, for the courtesy laugh. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, Randy Grossman was a really good player for that team. He caught the uh, the nothing. He 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 brought him back with that touchdown. So yeah, and he he caught another a couple other uh had a couple other big catches in in, in Super Bowl thirteen too. So he he had he had some really good games for them in clutch moments. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball on that team, Tony. Uh, those teams of the seventies, probably. Now, I don't know. I mean, you could tell me whether this guy was underrated or whether he was viewed as a star. I think he was viewed as very important to the Steelers, but I don't know if he was viewed as a superstar. I don't think he was. Um, and that was J.T. Thomas, one of my favorite Steeler defensive backs. Yeah, and he was a um, – uh... He started the first two Super Bowls, I think, right? Um, number twenty-four. He started uh, nine and ten. Yep. He's he's a guy who had he he had the um, was he the one who had the pick at the end of the first first half of Super Bowl nine after that or Mel Blunt crashed the other way, smashed into the receiver and somebody else had the interception. I forget you which, know, but I think it was JT. Hmm? I don't. I think Smith had the interception. Okay, um, I I'm not I'm not sure. Um, that's uh, you know that's something I researched that that game right before the Super Bowl. 
but I I do not remember. Um, very interesting. Um, just a, a fantastic player. Would you consider him on the o- underrated list, or was he a genuine star? I oh, know he he was definitely underrated. I mean, there there were so many other people on that defense that overshadowed him. I mean, you, he he'd probably be tenth or a little. From those teams, uh, so yeah, he's definitely underrated for sure. He was a number one pick. Um, another number one pick in the seventies. A guy that that I just thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, he uh, he, I was actually more of an eighties guy, but he he was drafted in the seventies, um, and it was Robin Cole. Who uh, yeah, he, about ten years ago, I do, I don't know if he still does it, but he uh, he has his own brand of cheesecakes. I know he did at <laughs> least ten years ago. Yeah, and, and I had a chance a, to buy uh, one. Go ahead. Yeah, well, well, didn't he convert from uh, outside linebacker to inside linebacker, or, or vice versa? I know he converted to he changed positions, I believe after college, but I could be wrong. But yeah, he was a, he's a forgotten member because he, you know, he was late seventies, but he was more, more of an eighties guy. Like, like you said. That's, that's something I would have to uh, go ahead and check because I am not uh, absolutely sure. I know he was, uh, he was at the university of New Mexico. And if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted possibly in 1977. That's something I'll have to have, our fact checkers do, and our fact checkers are basically Google. And every once in a while, Dave Schofield will text me and let me know. Um, but um, yeah, 1977, he was a, uh, a number, the 21st pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's not really telling me as far as uh, exactly where he was, um, whether he was. Uh, well, he originally replaced Andy Russell as an outside linebacker. Um, he played at linebacker and defensive end, and he played inside as well. Um, so there you go. He was. Uh, this is something that I did not know, and this is going to blow your mind. He was actually runner-up for MVP in Super Bowl fourteen. Did you? I. Never knew that they released the names of runners up. Did you? Uh, no, I can't even. I mean, no offense to him, but I can't even. I, I've watched that game a million times. I can't re- remember really what he did to be the runner up. If, if I'm going for runner runners up in that game, would it be John Stallworth or somebody like that? Oh, um, John but, yeah, Stallworth that's, that's, and that's, even Jack Lambert. But uh, but no, I mean, or maybe that's something that. Uh, that his cousin typed in on <laughs> Wikipedia. I don't know. I'm just joking. I'm sure. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, we could go and change things on Wikipedia if we wanted right now. Like, gosh, if I had a Wikipedia page, Tony, it would be full of lies. Same um, here. I'd have to pad. I'd have to pad my resume for sure. <laughs> like George O'Leary, and and then then you can't go for the uh, Notre Dame job. Remember George O'Leary? He was the yeah, first he, one to get busted for for that, which I have a problem with. You know, 
if the guy was qualified to coach, qualified to coach. Um, that's just after the fact stuff, but that goes into a whole other thing. So here's my question: We're talking about all these. It's nice to go back memory lane. We're talking about all these underrated players. How do they? How do these underrated players that we have now in Pittsburgh that we named, like Knicks, like Hargrave, um, like of course uh, the big one, Ramon Foster that we mentioned, and uh, there, there's other guys that, that you could go ahead and bring up. You can even. If you want to, you can bring up uh, Xavier Grimble. You know, if Jesse James was still on the team, I would have brought up Jesse James. Um, but how do these guys compare to the Steelers of the 70s? And before we do that, I've got one more. I've got to throw in John Banizak and Steve Furness. I've got to throw in both of those guys from the defensive line. They were vastly underrated, but they were so very important to that team as well. Um, so, Tony, how do these guys – of today, the underrated players of today compared to these underrated guys from way back when. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty similar. I mean, you talk about Ramon and, 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 and what he brought, what he brings to the team. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with his consistency. And, and you know, Rosie Nix, another undrafted free agent who, played defense in college and now he's a, a, a pro bowl fullback and he, he's a special teams demon. I mean, you know, you can't really take that away from him. Now those guys that we just talked about from the seventies, I mean, we, we, we remember them because they were part of the Super Bowl teams. So, you know, it's easy to say, well, those guys are better because they were a, 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 a part of, of, of championship organizations, but you know, uh, it's a team game and, and, you know, Ramon and these guys, I mean, they're doing everything they can. They're, they're pulling their load to win the title. So I think, I think they compare quite favorably to the guys from the seventies. Well, you know what, that's, uh, that's interesting. And that's another interesting segue. Um, one thing that, uh, as we go ahead and wrap that up, I agree with you absolutely 100% that they do compare well and that we don't think of them the same because those guys were Super Bowl champions and they've been in our Steeler lore for 40 years now. And these guys are making their names. Um, and But they're very important to this team, just like those guys were very important. And so that's what compares. Um, one thing that you can't compare, though, Tony, is the game of football. The game that they played back in the 1970s and the game that they're playing now is a completely different game. Um, for instance, Jack Lambert would have not, probably not been a three-down player in today's game like he was back then. And, of course, you really can't compare the sizes because um, if Jack Lambert was born 40 years later, then he would be comparable size of today. 
You know what I mean? Because it's just he, right. I right. mean, he would have been. I mean, he just would have been bigger because it's just uh, you can you compare them to the smaller guys back then, and he's not going to still remain small. And it, you know, you, you can't go ahead and do that. But the reason I bring this up is uh, something we like to do from time to time on this show is talk about our articles that we went ahead and, and did this week and uh, other articles on BTSC because we are a BTSC. We're part of the BTSC family here. And um, our editor, Jeff Hartman, had a great article. Um, it debuted yesterday, and it's a letter from the editor he does every Sunday. Check these out because they're not the typical fare. They're, they're a commentary. They're about, you know, they're about a – person viewing football um, with, a, with a human background to it. And uh, it's a very good article, but he's comparing the NFL in the 70s to the NFL today. So my question to you, Tony, is, is this even recognizable to those games that we were talking about and those players we were talking about? You mean as far as the way today's games played compared to back then? Yeah. I mean, is, is well, the game I mean, even close? It's hard to say because because you know you just watch it year after year after year, and it's like it's like life. It, it changes, but you don't realize it's changing. And you know, when I when I watch football today, it, but I mean, it, it has changed. There's no question. I mean, you know, just from just from uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about turnovers, and and it's harder today to get. Turnovers because of the the West Coast offense and 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 the dink and dunk and compared to the 70s when quarterbacks had to take more chances and then of course then there's the violence of it you know you mentioned Jack Lambert and Joe Green and those guys I mean they got away with I don't say get away with but but they, it was a different game and things that they did back then you couldn't get away with that today you couldn't you know it would be national news for three days they'd be talking about it on on NFL Network and wondering if if these guys should be suspended for the year, you know, so it's definitely a different game. And, and then with instant replay, that changes everything. Like back then, you know, a guy fumbled, they called it a fumble. Everybody ran off the field and that was it. Now, you know, you have to hold your breath and wonder and, and, and you know, it takes them 10 minutes to look at it. So it, it if you really take a step back, yeah, it has, it, it's a completely different game than it was years ago. Absolutely. The biggest thing for me, Tony, is the clock. When you had a lead with five minutes left in the game, it was almost insurmountable back then, especially if it was more than a touchdown lead. And I'm not talking about two-point conversions. I'm just talking about just the fact that, I mean, time flew. It doesn't fly in football these days. Um, It's amazing how many leads change. And you can't, especially when you're playing a team like Tom Brady and the Patriots, you can't breathe until there's zeros on the clock. And my dad and I have, yes. and this was mentioned that article last week too, my dad and I have a phrase that you never celebrate until there's zeros, three zeros on the clock because it could, it could turn on a dime. Well, if you ever, go back and watch uh, Super Bowl like, – uh, NFL films uh, highlights of Super Bowl four, the one where they they uh, micro they, they put a mic on the the uh, legendary Hank Stram, the chief head coach, 
And there yep. was a play. It was at the end yep. of the third quarter. It was at the end of the third quarter. Um, they hit. I think it was Otis Taylor was the was the, was the Chiefs' big tight end. They hit him for a, a big touchdown. They made it twenty three seven. And it's the end of the third quarter. Not even the fourth quarter yet. And and Hank Stram's going. That's it, boys. That's it. We're the champs. We got this. It's in the bag. You know, you would you would never think that today. A sixteen point lead going to the fourth oh. quarter. There's no way. If you said that today, you mm-hmm. would be vilified. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine what the Stephen A's and the uh, and the uh, all those guys? Who's, who's the guy? The Skipalises. Those guys. What they would do to you if you said something? Oh, it would be all over. I mean, the that Vikings would be, would be talking about it for a year. They would be talking about the game the next day. That's all they'd be talking about. Right. Oh, right. gosh, you cannot. Gosh, Mike Tomlin talked about, uh, he was basically talking to his buddy, Tony Dungy, and uh, talked about a rematch possibility with uh, with the Patriots, and that's all they wanted to talk about for weeks and yeah, weeks and weeks. They, they still bring it up, yeah, but but because of the things you mentioned, uh, about how how different the game is compared to years ago with the offenses and and you know having so much of an advantage. <laughs> Hank Stram was right because back then, sixteen you know a sixteen point lead, forget it. I mean, you the de- the defense could you know there was pump and run and everything, you could get away with more, and 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 now you can't. I mean, it, everything it, it would. It, there's no way you would celebrate a 16-point lead as as if the game was over late in the third quarter. Uh, you, you couldn't could. do that with, 10, with halfway through the fourth quarter. And the other thing, we'd be remiss if we didn't say that the Internet changed the game um, in many ways. It's uh, You could even argue that it's changed the product on the field with the information and everything we – we know and have technology has definitely changed the game. Um, but with that being said, we have one more to- topic that we want to go ahead and talk about. It's an article that I wrote this week, and it came out yesterday. Um, it was a Steeler power ranking, and thought we'd have just some fun. Not really the Steelers, but more of an NFL power ranking. And we ranked the helmets from 32 to 1. And uh, – you know, for the most part, a lot of people did agree with me on some, um, but everyone said you have completely different tastes than I do. And with the fact that I'm writing the article, I changed it a few times in my head. Where should I put this one? I mean, I put the Bears and Giants a lot higher than I really wanted to, Just, but they are classic helmets. They're just, I mean, they don't appeal to me. And uh, ones that I got killed on, were the new? Te- I love the new Tennessee Titans helmet. I love that navy that they started wearing last year, and I love the new Jets helmet because I'm a '70s guy, '70s and '80s guy, and I love those green. I love I love the Kelly green. Um, so a lot of people, I knew I was going to get heck for liking the Titans helmet, but I love it. I absolutely love it. But one person, one of the last comments, and I actually commented back. Because somebody told me that uh, how this was the worst bias ever because, of course, I put the Steelers number one, and I wasn't not going to. I still think it's an awesome helmet, and I think it deserves to be number one. I would have voted it. I voted the – I ranked the Ravens uh, 
maybe around 13 or 14 in the middle of the pack. And uh, I really actually love the Ravens helmet. As much as I hate the team, I love the helmet. I, I don't like the purple stripes. I think they could do better with the striping, but I'm not a big Ravens helmet fan. But where I got in trouble was 30, 31, and 32. I ranked the Browns last. I ranked the Bengals second to last, and I ranked the Patriots. And because they're rivals of the Steelers, I took some flack over that. So I'm going to go ahead, before I throw it over to you, Tony, I'm going to defend that. The Browns helmet is horrendous. I hate it. Um, it's not as classy as the Penn State white. Penn State white's still boring, but that's what they were going for. The the orange helmet, I, I just hate. And so I'm always going to hate it. The Bengals helmet, remember those the helmets they had before they went to the stripes? They were just orange with the Bengals across it. I actually loved those. Yeah, that was... I thought I thought those were cool helmets. And when they yeah, went to the stripes, up. I was like, eh. Kenny Anderson? I think I lost Tony there. Um, and then as far as the Patriots go, here's the deal. Same reason I ranked the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers low, too. I don't like their newfangled helmets. I love both of the old ones. If the Patriots still had the white helmets with the red and blue stripe scheme and Patriot Pat, actually it was called Pat Patriot, if they would have had him on it hiking the ball, that very easily for me would have been two or three. That helmet was that cool. Those red uniforms were that awesome. I loved those uniforms, and I thought they were great. So it doesn't matter. I mean, when the Patriots wear those, and they don't wear them often, but if they wear those as a throwback, those are cool jerseys and cool helmets. I I would love to see them wear them again. I might even like them a little bit more if they wore those again. Um, but this silver helmet that they have, with they call it the Flying Elvis because Mr. Kraft – wanted Elvis, wanted the Patriots to look like Elvis. He, had, he was a fan of Elvis. His wife, Myra, was a fan of Elvis. So they wanted to incorporate Elvis a little bit on it. And that's a true story. I don't know if you knew that, Tony, but I just, I, I just hate that Patriot helmet. But if they wore the, the old white ones that they wore prior to uh, 1993 when the big tuna came in and then they uh, they changed that look, I would have absolutely... I would have loved it. Tony, what are your thoughts? Oh, as far as the the logo, uh, I I kind I, I really do agree with you know your assessment of the Patriots. I mean, I don't know if it's thirtieth, but I always thought that they're they're new newish. I guess because you said it was ninety three that they first started wearing those. That just it just screams USFL to me. I'm sorry, maybe it makes you sound like a, a jealous Steeler fan, but it, it just it just screams USFL. The, the 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 ones that they're previous, like the ones you just described from the 70s, 80s, so much better. But I was I was shocked. Um, I have to disagree about the Bengals. I, I've always thought that their their uh, striped uh, uh, helmets were were really cool. You know, uh, I've I should I, I I think they're definitely 
in my opinion, a top ten helmet. But you know, it's it's art, so it's hard to hard to really. And I'm my cool favorite, with that. Honestly, I am completely cool yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, my favorite, honestly, people aren't going to like me for this, but my favorite helmet of all time is the is the the L.A. Rams. I've always loved the Rams helmet. Mostly the white ones that they're wearing now, now, but the 70s and 80s sold that helmet. I would have ranked the Rams a lot higher if it was if they went back to the 70s helmet. Not that, um, not that second Kurt Warner helmet from the 2000s. Um, the one that he wore in the first Super Bowl and the one that they wore recently with the gold that they go to a few times, now they still go to it. Um, I would have ranked that higher, but their official helmet is the white. And I'm not a big fan of the white, uh, the white horn, but, um, you know, where else I got flack and I don't mind, I don't care if I get flack. These, when you, when you rank something, no one's going to agree completely with what you rank. Um, I could go ahead and, uh, my next article that I'm working on right now, I'm ranking the greatest current rivalries in the NFL. And uh, and it's actually not the Steelers. I'm, I'm not going to say much of anything, but it's not the Steelers. And um, I put the Steelers high on one of them, but it's probably not the one you think. But I'm not going to get too far into that. But people aren't going to agree with you on stuff because um, it's personal. This is all personal preference thing. So I'll just go ahead. Um, I'm going to give you my top ten, and we'll go ahead and do this this quick. Um, I had the Ravens, by the way, at 13th, so I don't think that's biased. I like I said, I like their helmets. Um, the only one that I think people will probably really go after for me in the top ten um, right away would be the Jets. It's new, but I just think it's sharp. Um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs were number nine for me. Classic lid. And feel free, I tell you what, Tony, I'll, I'll name them to you. You can give your comments after each one. So the Chiefs? Oh, it's old school, and I like old school, so that, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Here's one that's not old school, but it's the Seahawks at number eight. Hmm. I actually like I like their their uh, their their original helmets better, but this the, 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 the new ones better. Okay, I did I you know I knew this one was going to be a little bit controversial um, because of because of the times we live in. I put Washington at number seven because I love the gold face mask. I like I like the whole helmet. Um, even if they they took out the Native American and put a W in it, that that's still a cool helmet. Um, it's yeah. not even the Native American that's making it awesome. It's just like the feather coming out of the uh, the circular logo. I love it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Yeah, I have no, I have no issue with that. I, I was a bit of a Redskins fan growing up, so I, I, I've always liked their helmet. I don't really have a, have an issue with that at all. I, I, I agree with that one. Number six, the Green Bay Packers. It's classic to me. It's, 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 it's perfect. And here's another I, one I that's that one. really iconic. Another one that I think is really iconic, number five, is one that I really wasn't going to put up there as high. I actually had my wife help me with this, and uh, she was like, okay, that one's boring. I don't like this one. Um, but I was like, the San Francisco 49ers for me, now they, when they got rid of a lot of the black and went back to that red and white classic Joe Montana stripe from uh, Dwight Clark's stripe from way back when they first emerged as champions, that gold, that that SF just pops off of it, and I like that helmet. Yeah, I didn't like when they switched over in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I hated it. I, I hated when they did. Number four, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I like it even more now. This was actually going to be ranked lower for me, but of all things, the face mask got me. They now added a yellowish gold face mask, and uh, it really pops. And coming off with a white, and with the uh, with the lightning bolt, with a couple with uh, the navy, with the uh, powder blue and the yellow on there, it just looks sharp, Tony. My favorite one is from the '70s, the Dan Fouts ones, when they were more of a royal blue. Kind of what they wore with their color rush, more of a royal blue with a white outline. Those were my favorites from them. Um, but I had to go with the Los Angeles Chargers for this one because that's a great-looking helmet. Yeah, when they, I, I, I really enjoyed when they went back to their, their original AFL look, and that's kind of what they still have. So, yeah, I agree with that one. And you know what, Tony? They, uh, they announced that their primary um, – Uniform will be the powder blue this year. Okay. So that is going to be primary for them. Number three, um, some people could have argued this as number one, the Dallas Cowboys. That star is iconic. It's like the New York Yankees. You um, you just know that star. Yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of Steelers fans aren't going to like it, but, I mean, when you when, when you think of, of football world, there's – more uh, symbolic than that helmet. It's right up there with with the NY for the Yankees, like you said. And I, I hate the Cowboys. There's nothing yeah. about the Cowboys that I like. But there, I mean, you gotta admit that is an iconic look. That is that 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 star. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It pops off. Now, number two, I took a lot of crap. This is another team that I do not like. But I'll be damned if I don't think that the Oakland Raiders helmet is perfect. Plus, Tony, that's the helmet I've known all my life. I even called the uh, the pirate badass, and uh, I took a lot of uh, flack over that because apparently a lot of people in the comment section did not think that he was uh, – masculine at all. I just think that is a cool pirate, the Raiders, that just the shield, 
the silver with a black stripe. It's simple, and it's mysterious, and there's a mystique to it. And I just love the Raiders helmet. So that's number two for me. Yeah, I mean, that's it, like you said, it's never changed. And, and the, the greatest NFL films uh, song of all time, Autumn Wind, named after the Raiders. So it's hard to it's hard to argue with that 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 uh, nostalgia right there. And and look, I'll defend I'll defend number one being the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah, of course. No, and I even wrote, look, yeah, I'm I'm biased because I'm a Steelers fan. Um, I've seen other lists that calling the Steelers the the best helmet out there. The fact that they have it on one side is a big deal. Do you realize they have they have the most colors, the most different uh, shades on, of any helmet. They do. They have red, blue, white, gold, gray, black. I mean, they, I mean, it is just. But that the the steel symbol with a name on it, with the colors, but the white background just absolutely grabs you. It pops off that one side, and. Uh, and the black, the shiny black, gets a little scuffed up. It's just there's a mystique to that helmet as well, and you know it's the Pittsburgh Steelers when you see it. And for me, the Raiders and the Steelers, when you look at those helmets, there's nothing better. Yeah, and and like you said, you know I, I've I've seen many third party independent parties say that the Steelers uniform is the best, so. You know, you could say you're, we're, we're being biased, but I mean, we're also saying what what people who aren't Steeler fans have said over the years. It's a great, really great looking helmet, and uh, I mean, overall uniform. I think I think the road uniform is even more awesome than the, than the home uniform. I, I really like the white and yeah. gold, and you know, it's just a really great. I do too. The one that I I rated very low that I just absolutely hate is the Denver Broncos. Um, I hate the striping. I hate the uh, the mane on the Bronco. I I just I love the old D. I, those old helmets were one of my favorite helmets. The D with the smoking Bronco. I mean, that was just a great helmet, and they wore that with their color rush, with a slightly darker than what it was back in the '80s and '90s. Um, but I would have really uh, I'd love to see the them bring those back. What they have now is is gross. Um, and one last one that I want to mention, not a lot of people knew this. What is unique about Atlanta's helmets, Tony? I, I'd i like to know. I, I, I'm, I'm dying to know, too. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. That falcon is shaped in the letter F. The letter F? I didn't know that. That's an F. Yeah. Huh. Go go look at the logo. That's a letter F. And I just found that out about a year ago. But that's meant to be an F. And I don't think anybody knew that. I sure didn't. And look at this now. I just found out. Now, when you take a look at it, you're just going to go, oh, that, yes. It's the same thing. When you look at a FedEx logo, there's a wing of a plane and an arrow going forward in a FedEx logo. Hmm. 
So well, I guess there's... that's. So the first thing you're gonna you're gonna Google F stuff Falcons and FedEx, and you'll just be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be looking at that that little things like that from now on, and, and everything I, every little product I look at now. Amazon, it's a smiley face. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, in fact, I mean, like I found out a lot of that on the internet, but I learned the FedEx thing years ago. My dad worked for FedEx, but I learned it in a in a class in college. They were talking about it, and in a public relations class, and I thought that was really cool. But with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. We're going to thank everybody for listening. Um, as oh, as always, thank you to Behind the Steel Curtain who. Uh, who uh, puts us on the air here and gives gives us a chance to connect with you, the fan. Tony Duffio, thank you for another great show. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed tonight's topics. It's, uh, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Well, thank you very much, Tony. For Tony Duffio, for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We appreciate all of you and you, my friends, have just been hungover. We'll talk to you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.